0: Welcome to Inside Track, a conversation with New York's leading property management executives. I'm Carol Ott with Habitat Magazine, and my guest today is Andy Marks, Senior Vice President of New Business and Marketing and a property manager at Maxwell Cates. Everyone in the co op and condo business always talks about the importance of communication, whether it's for the small stuff or the really big stuff. Talking is important. Andy, communication is one of your skill sets, but you were hit with a major challenge when you began managing a downtown building. Can you tell us what happened there?
1: There's actually an an event that really challenged my communication skills, and that is the first building I worked on professionally as a manager is a downtown building that had to be evacuated within a couple of months of us taking it over. And me working on it, I established a nice cadence of communication coming in, and then the DOV mandated evacuation, and I had 26 families to evacuate in five days.
0: What? I guess you couldn't ask for a bigger test of your communication skills than a timetable like that. Someone in the building must have had a sense of something wrong.
1: Right. Well, there there are so many different stakeholders involved in that scenario. And it turns out that they had a series of reports done over time, all saying various versions of similar things, which is there are some, there are definitely some structural issues that have to be addressed. Started out as local law 11 and then kind of progressed from there. We brought in a new team to take a fresh look at the reports that had already been generated by other engineers and architects. And there was noticeable cracking in the facade that was documented previously. We then brought in a new team to take a fresh look because previous uh, engineers and architects had made certain recommendations. I characterize it as A situation where this particular board or successive boards didn't like the diagnosis, and so they kept going for a new checkup, hoping that the diagnosis and prognosis would be different, but it never was. So we come in, we bring in a new team, architect, engineer, owner's rep, and I walked the building with them, we communicated to the board and to the community that we were undertaking this, and the engineering firm, when we walked through uh, the building said it's the the bearing walls are actually leaning at uh, some places thirty inches off a of vertical brickwood Joyce building not supposed to lean that's bad. When we walked through, they saw the lean, they saw the cracking, and this one engineer said, In all of my years, he's a structural engineer, in all my years doing this, I don't think I've ever seen something quite as egregious, and I think we have to uh, notify the DOB. And keep in mind, this was post Surfside. Surfside had happened that summer. And this is now October. And so there was certainly heightened sensitivity to any kind of structural issues. So it was the week prior to Columbus Day in 2021. On Friday, the engineering firm uh, notified uh, the chief forensics officer at the DOB And that started us on the path. And then Monday of Columbus Day weekend, it's a holiday, I got the call from the chief forensics officer at the DOB saying, I need all the key people down at the building tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. And we'll determine what to do from there. Their inspectors had already written uh, uh, an order. A violation, essentially, Uh, and then when we went to the building the next morning with the entire team, so we're talking about uh, the chief forensics officer, his team at the DOD, the members of the board, the sponsor, the engineering firm, the architectural firm. We walked the building. He then said, yeah, this is pretty bad, and he basically said, to me, as, as management, you need to start to mobilize getting people out of this building. And you have five days to get them out.
0: Whoa. And that would snap anybody to attention. How did you orchestrate the process?
1: First, it was making sure that the entirety of the board was aware and on board with what had to happen in the next five days, and then I had to put out uh, a communication to the unit owners and the residents. This is where it becomes critical to have contact information so that uh, we were able to first uh, notify everybody, sent out an email, uh, got on a Zoom, The email was basically an invitation to the Zoom and had the engineer and architect with us on the Zoom so that they could explain why they felt it was important to notify the DOB to provide context for the community who's all of a sudden getting hit between the eyes with a two-by-four.
0: I would imagine that the community was stunned and angry. You said the condo had previously had engineering reports But no one had reported the condition to the buildings department before.
1: It's not like there wasn't knowledge that there were issues. So was there anger? Yeah, I mean, I think people were angry and frustrated that it had come to this. What was critical in that moment was to focus on the task at hand, which is we have five days to get 26 families, with a commercial unit on the ground floor. And we were gonna have to coordinate it because not everybody could just get out at the same time. People were certainly concerned about safety, rightfully so. And so we had to allay their concerns about that. We had to then quickly organize uh, a way of communicating. So that turned out to be primarily email and text. In some cases, people removed their appliances because we had to communicate that the board could not, the management could not, the professionals could not guarantee that anything that was left behind wouldn't be damaged or destroyed because life safety is the number one objective, and so any things that were left behind would be at risk. In thinking about what are the things that these people are going to need, they're going to need movers. They're going to need an organized schedule for the move-outs. They're going to need a place to stay, at least in the interim. So what I did was I contacted hotels within a five-block radius of the building and made a deal with some of them to provide a kind of a bulk discount to take a block of rooms. So that's one thing. The other thing is obviously moving. Uh, So we had to coordinate all of that. We used uh, Google Docs, which all of the residents and and my team had access to. And that was a living, breathing move-out chart because we had to orchestrate multiple moves in a given day. It's not a big building, and it's in the area where it is a little constricted.
0: And how many elevators were there in the building? One. Oh, I see. So the coordination was really who's going to use the elevator at what time? Correct. And what truck will fit out front?
1: Exactly.
0: Let me ask you, when you remember back in those early times, maybe through the first month or the two months of the process, How many phone calls would you guess that you got from all the various parties per day?
1: Easily, you know, 30 to 40 a day, easily. I had to both listen to their particular story, their particular issues, circumstances, empathize with them. My response was always, I can't even imagine what you must be going through. So empathy and listening for those folks. And then for the other folks, it was trying to trying to listen, take down information, synthesize it, and, and you know, keep moving. I had to orchestrate this evacuation, so I, I had to be able to keep the trains moving, so to speak.
0: So you got everybody out. Tell me a little bit about the communication that has gone on since the move out. And I presume since the repair work has been ongoing.
1: So the communication has been every other week for about a year or a little over a year. Since about a month ago, with the permanent stabilization work finally nearing completion, after all this time, it's gone to every week. Now, part of that was they had a craving for more transparency. For a while, there was not much happening because, you know, they had to close a construction loan. They had to assess multiple times. We've been keeping owners up to speed with a variety of different types of communications, the bi weekly calls, Zoom calls, and those generally are with the construction team, myself and my team, the board, and then all the owners, and then all kinds of other communications along the way having to do with moving back in. Now we have to reverse engineer what we did to get them out. Hopefully by the end of June, we're organizing everybody getting back in and making sure that the apartments are back to at least some semblance of what they were before.
0: As a takeaway for other boards who might find themselves in a dire situation like this condo did, what are your thoughts on the level of communication required?
1: I think it depends on the situation. It's always better to be transparent. More information is always better. The frequency of communication in this instance required almost an instantaneous response. And you have to be prepared in a hardship situation like this, which is an emergency, to keep the, the information flow and the communication flow going. And, and, again, recognizing that because these people are in a hardship, as management, you've got to show empathy. You've got to be able to listen. After doing so, get people focused on the right things, focused on the task at hand, snap everybody into go mode and get it done.
0: Get it done indeed. Andy Marks, thank you for speaking with us today.